0: Good day, everyone. Oh, yeah. Snap into a Slim gym. I am Tony P. And this is Tony P. Oddcast. Hey, do you ever come across a story and you think to yourself, that should be on that Tony P. Oddcast show? Well, you can go to TonyPODcast.com and click on the button that says Submit a Story. Let's do it. Let's get into it. Let's get it going. The Independent, which apparently is a publication, the story's out of Michigan. Police in Michigan have arrested a 70-year-old man who allegedly plotted to steal a U.S. Coast Guard helicopter. You with me? And rescue hospitalized coronavirus patients. Ha! I had to read that one like three times before I recorded to get it right. What? Huh. Jesse T. McFadden from Michigan was charged with four felonies following a series of events that started around 8 a.m. on a Sunday morning. McFadden told dispatchers that he would shoot up a police department, head to a hospital, shoot out the power, (laughs) and demand keys to the ambulances. What kind of expendables for slash El Chapo prison break plan did this man have? Well, I'll tell you, he wanted to disrupt the power to the hospital, unlock the doors and release patients who were under COVID-19 quarantine. I, I get the impression he was thinking they shouldn't be there, that he was like busting in and saving them. Police alleged that the 70 year old also planned to steal a helicopter or a boat from the US Coast Guard station. I'll, I'm lucky, look, man, like on a weekend, I'm lucky to buy groceries and do laundry over the span of like a Friday night to Monday morning. If I do that, I'm calling it a, a good weekend. My man here shooting up a police station. Also, stealing a helicopter or a boat. I feel like you should probably plan better to know which one. Was he just going to get there and say whatever they have? I don't care. Whatever you got available. You got a helicopter, boat, I'll take either or. McFadden actually arrived later at the Coast Guard station and could be seen in surveillance cameras stationed outside the security gate. You know I hate that word, surveillance <laughs> He was trying to punch in the code. Did he have the code or was he just like boop, 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 boop? Dang, I'll try again. He was trying to punch in the code and then he had called them and made threats. He was going to ram the gate. This is one dude, one 70-year-old dude who an army, of. maybe it's Arnold. That's all I can guess is that it is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Aranat County Central Dispatch warned police about Mr. McFadden's motives with concerns that he was an ex-Michigan militia member armed with guns. Oh, I honestly missed that in the first, first read-through. It makes so much sense now. Mr. McFadden departed the Coast Guard station before Michigan State Police noticed his vehicle parked at a gas station. Lieutenant Wenning said the driver's side door was open, the engine was running, And there was a shotgun on the passenger seat. Anyway, they caught him. Mr. McFadden, the ex-Michigan militia member who was armed with guns, who wanted to shoot up a police station and break into a hospital and steal a helicopter, was confronted by authorities when he walked out of the gas station. He was then tasered, arrested, and taken into custody. NBC for Riverside, California. Uh, For those who don't know, Riverside is like the crappy part of Southern California. Like you hear LA, you hear Hollywood, and then when you live there, you're like, oh, Riverside. Oh, it's, yeah. No offense to my Riverside viewers and listeners out there. I used to go to Riverside. I, I had friends that lived there. I wasn't there for shady business. Anyway a man suspected of stealing camera equipment from a Riverside business tried to sell the items back to the same shop's owner later that day. The burglary at the center of the strange series of events was reported at about 10 a.m. Now, that's important, that 10 a.m. time frame, because earlier that morning, the shop owner, who at this point was unaware of the crime, was walking to his business and a man came up to him and said, yo, do you want to buy some camera equipment? So the guy, you know, Riverside's not that big. It's not LA, you know? So the guy was like, you know, this looks like camera equipment from my own shop. So he returned to his store, realized someone had broken in and called the police. Responding officers chased the suspect, identified as 25-year-old Johnny Robles, and caught up with him within a fenced area. He was arrested on suspicion of commercial burglary and probation violations. He's being held on $10,000 bond. The property was returned to the shop. Now, you shouldn't steal camera equipment. You shouldn't steal anything. Don't do that. That's not good. I am against that. But. If you decide to go down that road, you decide to go down that route, that path of stealing things, sell it to a pawn shop, sell it to your friends, sell it to a stranger, but make sure you don't sell it to the person who you had stole it from. I mean, at least get away from the area where you stole. Don't steal it, walk outside and try to sell it immediately or just just. Just don't steal. Don't steal stuff. This was definitely the most popular story of the week. I I kept scrolling across this. Uh, You know, a lot of these stories I go out and look for. This one came to me over and over again. It's courtesy of the New York Post. A Bolivian pan flute orchestra has been stuck in quarantine on the grounds of a grand 15th century palace outside of berlin for the last two months new york post i think you're catching on that i have this show and i gotta read these out loud and that was i got you i got you i got this one correct now i still can't say uh burglary and i have a hard time with surveillance but i got your your convoluted sentence over 20 members of the Orchestra Experimental de Instrumentos Nativos have been stuck on the grounds and buildings of Rheinsberg Palace, a castle complete with moat, which has housed generations of German royals. The group arrived in Germany on March 10th, expecting to perform at the Mayor's Music Festival the same day Germany announced its ban on large gatherings, swiftly followed by a full country Germany lockdown. All right. Well, that happens. But then a week later, Bolivia closed its borders. That's messed up, man. Like you, you can't call, you know, if I try, if I got locked out of the country and called the United States, they probably wouldn't care. There's no, I I, I guess there's not a Bolivia, Bolivian consulate in Germany. I just feel like if you call Bolivia, like, Hey, y'all, um, I know, you know, we weren't out, but we're stuck. Help us out. Help a brother. Help a Bolivian brother out. I know a lot of countries, in all sincerity, they'll make you wait two weeks. So they'll they'll let you back in the country, but then you have to hole up for two weeks. Do something. Dang. Anyway, the group is stranded at the 600-acre estate. Oh, oh, surrounded by 23 packs of wolves. Huh. That's crazy, right? Wrong. There's more. And they claim the castle is haunted by the ghost of Frederick the Great. Now I'm really calling Bolivia. Hey, man, I need some help. There are 23 packs of wolves out here trying to eat my face. We all joke that Frederick's ghost is following us and trying to trip us up, Kamed Martella told the BBC. I don't usually believe in such things, but it does feel as if there's ghosts on the grounds. I'm calling Bolivia up. Tracy Prado, who just joined the orchestra in December, ran into wolves during one of her walks. See, that's messed up. Like, she said, I froze in fear, but they were just play fighting and moved on. She just joined the group like four months ago. What could go wrong, they said. It's a fun group, they said. Now you're stuck in Germany with wolves. To pass the time, the group practices up to six hours a day, takes walks while looking out for wolves and plays soccer. Locals have donated food and clothing, but the stay is getting expensive. Berno Odo Polzer, the director of Mayor's Music, estimated to the BBC that costs have exceeded $35,000 a month. On what? Is the castle rental... How many people? What did I say? 20 people? Is the castle rental like 30 grand a month? Are they charging these people? I don't know. I, I would imagine you have... A few outfits, wear them through the course of a week, wear each outfit twice, you know, back to back, wash it over the weekend, keep it going, keep it moving, Um, uh, you know, or or, unless they're eating a ton, I don't get it. Uh, Good news is Germany is allowing international flights, but Bolivia isn't. The Bolivian embassy, oh, there is a Bolivian embassy. The Bolivian embassy, oh, see, there is a Bolivian embassy. What are they doing? They told the BBC it's trying to get the orchestra out by early June by way of Madrid, but they didn't comment on how they would get from Reisberg to Madrid. Why is this so complicated? Get a bus. You've already spent 40 grand on a castle. Just get a bus. Oh, wait, wait. Germany to Madrid. Yeah, you can drive that. Get a bus. Do something. In the meantime, there are worse places to be trapped, according to Miguel Cordoba. When I wake up, I watch the sunrise over the forest and the lake. Back home, I only hear the sound of traffic. That's a good way to look at it. Although, back home, you don't have 23 packs of wolves trying to eat your face. Also, question time, how do they know it's specifically 23 packs of wolves? Who's out there counting the wolf packs? And do wolves like do they hang out in other packs? Do they have wolf friends? So, like, are you counting the same wolf twice? It's just very interesting to me that they were so specific. Just, I would be like, yo, there's a bunch of wolves. I don't know. One pack, 40 packs. There's a bunch of wolves. There's specifically 23 wolves and one ghost. United Press International. This story is out of Wales. Listen up, folks. If you've listened to this podcast, even once, just once, just once, then you know if there are animals on the loose, we're covering it here on Tony P. I'd Cast. I don't know who we is; it's really just me, but the royal we. We're covering wild groups of animals. We just had twenty-three packs of wolves. In a previous story, last episode, uh, uh, 200 goats. Episodes before that, more goats. So not to keep you wondering, you know, and, and this episode, no different. Out of Wales, a wandering herd of cows. All right. This week, cows, a wandering herd of cows. One with a plastic chair stuck over its head, paraded into a Welsh town and ended up stampeding through the streets. Noah Williamson, 12 years old, captured video of the herd stampeding through Southgate Gower after he and his brother fled to get out of the way of the cows. Now, I love these stories, but all these these United Press, someone gets a video, they put it on Instagram, and the article is just a paragraph telling you about the video. Case in point, The video shows the cows running through the street with one of the bovines towards the rear moving a little slower due to a plastic chair being stuck over its head. We just established that earlier, that one had a chair. I, for one, as the reader, believed it. I didn't need them to reiterate it. So just in case you missed it, one has a chair over its head. Angarid Williams said the cows belong to her uncle, who's apparently out of town. She said the herd is known to roam. But the stampede was unusual. Just last week, the goats got out because the goat owner was out of town. Who are these people with herds of animals who keep leaving out of town, not locking the door, not asking their neighbors to check the animals, and they keep getting out? I feel like we got an international problem on our hands. Also, how are the animals, how do they know how to to wait? Oh, this person's out of town. You know, do they just think it was a regular day or did they know, oh, they've been gone for a while. Now's our chance to escape and parade through the streets of Wales. And then why did one put a chair on its head? Speaking of update and guard, Williams said the cow with the plastic chair on its head was able to shake itself free when it headed back towards its usual grazing area. I was not concerned. I thought it was funny. Um But I know there's a lot of people that obviously don't want the animals harmed. It's okay. The chair has been removed. Now go, go lock up your damn animals or what? You know, tell you what, don't. Don't lock them up. Just send me the stories and send me the videos, tonypodcast.com, every time they run free. I want to know. This is it. This is the last story. It's from BBC News. I am hungry. I'm ready to go eat dinner. And, of course, it's about pizza. Dang, pizza sounds good. The owner of a pizza restaurant in the United States has discovered that DoorDash has been selling his food cheaper than he does. But they still pay him full price for the orders. There's been a lot of uh, DoorDash and waiter-type stories with pizza. Especially during this uh, the coronavirus lockdown uh, just a few episodes ago, we had Chuck E. Cheese was parading itself as Pasquale's Pizza, trying to fake people out. But this is a little different. A pizza for which he charged $24 was being advertised for 16 on DoorDash. So the shop owner secretly ordered it himself, and the app paid his restaurant the full $24 while only charging him 16 Did you get all that? Basically, he's paying $16, and DoorDash is paying his company $24. So he's making 8 bucks and getting a pizza. To be clear, now I know it sounds a little shady, but to be clear, he did not ask to be put on the app. He later found out it was a trial to gauge customer demand. Come to find out this isn't the first time it's happened. Small business owners keep an eye out. If you don't expect your company to be on DoorDash, content strategist Rajan Roy said he first heard about the situation last year when his friend started receiving complaints about deliveries, although his restaurant didn't deliver. At that point, he had discovered he'd been added to DoorDash and noticed it was charging a lower price for premium pizzas. This is a different guy, but when he found this out, he ordered 10 pizzas, paid 160, had him delivered to a friend's house, and Doordash paid him two forty, huh? The next time the restaurant prepared his friend's orders, they boxed up just cheese pizzas. They ordered deluxe, but they're like, "Yo, we're just throwing cheese pizzas in there to save some money." And again, paid one sixty, got two forty back. I was genuinely curious if Doordash would catch on, but they didn't. Wrote Mr. Roy. DoorDash should not respond to the BBC's news request for comment. So come to find out, Mr. Roy found out after the fact, this was all the result of a DoorDash demand test. So what is that? They have a test period where they scrape the restaurant's website and don't charge any fees to anyone. And they do this to be shady. They do it to be slick. So after they they get a bunch of people to order from your restaurant, They can go to you, DoorDash, and say, hey, check it out. We had a bunch of people sign up for your order. Now, what I don't get is when you work at, I don't know, Tony's Pizza, and the dude shows up and says, hey, I have a a pickup for DoorDash for, for Henderson. Are you not like, what? We don't do DoorDash. And people come in, they usually have the shirts, the bag, all that stuff. Who knows? Now, the big question is how can DoorDash afford to do this? Welp. Come to find out, DoorDash is backed by an investment giant called Softbank, which just recently posted a record breaking loss of nearly thirteen b bu- bu- billion with a B. Thirteen billion dollars. So basically they're just they have a ton of money. They're pumping it into this DoorDash, hoping it works. Sounds like it's not. But that, that's that's not the fun part of the story. Here's where it gets good. If you may have been wondering, when's the story get good? Right now. When asked about the $13 billion loss, Chief Executive Masayoshi-san reportedly compared himself to Jesus. The billionaire said during an investor call, "Hey, Jesus was also misunderstood, but he, he said it in Japanese. That is some Kanye West. Jesus level stuff fortunately he later apologized however you can't take that back and he's still out 13 billion dollars but that's it for the show i think i'm gonna go open up a small business and um sign up with doordash Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you got this far, please rate and subscribe in your favorite podcast app. You can also support the show at patreon.com backslash Tony P. Podcast. What do you get? You get commercial free episodes of the podcast and early access to the videos. Yeah, there's videos now. So keep an eye out. Until next time, you may have had a bad day, but... At least you're not stuck in a haunted castle with wolves trying to hunt you down. 23 packs of wolves to be exact.